Um, but my, my big thing in terms of advice is to just have people like just um, stop preparing um, start the business. It's not going to turn out the way that you want it to almost certainly. Um, whether that means you need to make a small pivot or the business wasn't meant to be, there's something that's not going to work out the way that you're expecting it to. So I think the important part is to just start and you'll learn as you go and adapt as you go and pivot as you go. Um, and, and I think that's really the most effective way to, to learn. Hey everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that has built several uh, startups into seven and eight figure businesses, as well as the founder of Miller IP Law, where we help startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. And today we have another great guest on the episode, Carson Hunt. And uh, Carson uh, is now, uh, or started out originally, giving you a bit of his backstory, um, was a computer engineer major, loved tech or tech and uh, gaming. And then uh, while he was, I think in high school, he actually started a clothing company with his sorority or fraternity brother. I can't, I never remember the difference between sorority and fraternity, but one of those, and uh, they liked the idea. They started to build a company, um, did you know, a great job on the apparel and building it. And they ended up in reinvesting a lot of their money into tech and built the company. And they found that their biggest, you know, as they continue to grow the company, their biggest asset was actually the technology as opposed to the apparel. And so they've kind of now made that adjustment or switched that gear to really f- focus more on the technology side of um, the apparel company and the clothing company as opposed to the apparel itself. So with that much as an introduction, welcome on the podcast, Carson. Thank you. Thank you. It's great to be here. So I gave a, a maybe a brief introduction, but maybe take us back in time a bit and kind of tell us, you know, this started, I think you said in high school and uh, how, you know, or high school or college and I keep, or, or I can't remember which it is, but tell us kind of how things got going and uh, the journey that led you up to where you're at today. I met my co-founder uh, in high school. Um, we went our separate ways. He went to Indiana University. I went to the University of Central Florida. Um, and we kind of, we stayed in contact, as you mentioned, we would, we would occasionally game together. Um, and he was in a fraternity up in Indiana. And I saw that he was making uh, some good money selling um, apparel to uh, the different fraternities and sororities across his campus. Um, I gave him a call. I said, hey, look, um, you know, I, I'd be happy to join forces with you and see what we can make of this. Um, if not, cool, I'll just do what you're doing with all of our friends here in Florida. Um, so luckily it was a, 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 a good team to, to build out right in the beginning. And we, we joined forces and started just making apparel for fraternities and campuses, North so- Carolina, Indiana. Let me jump in just to, so two questions that are just popped on my mind right off. So one is, was this starting out as, Hey, I want to do a startup and this is a business. So I think I can continue after school or is this, Hey, this will be some great money that I can make while I'm earning my degree or my major. As nice as it would be to say that it started off as this crazy, you know, startup idea. It was just, Hey, this is some cool money we can make on the side. No. And that that's what the genesis of a lot of great businesses. So, you know, 
even almost you go back to now the Amazon or at least a myth or the legend of Amazon, whether or not that that's always true or not, of, you know, <laughs> him shipping it out of the, the dorm room and, you know, delivering them and doing all that and whether or not that's true. You know, it always seems like there's some good myths to, that go along with businesses. So now I'm going to ask the second question. So you had your buddy that you knew from high school. You guys had parted ways. You were at different universities and you call him up and say, hey, I love what you're doing. I think it looks like you're making great money. Now you could, I could either be your best friend or your worst competitor, which do you want? So how did that conversation go? Was it pretty friendly? Was it a good conversation or was it, well, I guess I have no other choice. We'll partner up and go together and it's taken off from there. Kind of how did that conversation go? Cause I could see it going either way. Yeah. So luckily my co-founder was su is super, you know, um, relaxed and understanding of that kind of stuff. Reached out and chatted with him, super friendly conversation. Um, and you know, didn't, didn't go, uh, too competitive or not. We just, as soon as we laid it out, we, uh, we set up that partnership and we were off to the races. And then, and now what was the part or the funny story that I missed? It was about high school. Yeah. So, uh, funny enough, when you, you mentioned Amazon, uh, Amazon is kind of a, a local legend, um, at our high school. Cause it's the same high school that Jeff Bezos went to. Yeah. Um, so everyone's always, always talking about Amazon, which I thought was kind of, kind of funny. All right. Hey, it's a small world. Must must be a good high school. <laughs> so so now you have this conversation with your, you know, your high school buddy that's you know about both in school and you say, okay, there's some good money to be made in the uh, clothing and apparel and kind of customization and make, you know, doing those custom prints and those type of things. You decide, okay, we'd rather be partners and go in together as opposed to competitors and it'll it'll probably work out better for both of you. So how did you get that going? You know, how did you First of all, because you guys were at two different locations, is that right? You weren't at the same university. So how did you, how did you remotely work together? And you know, this was in the days before you know Zoom and <laughs> meetings were cool and before everybody was doing it remote. But how did you set up the business? How did you get that going? How did you grow it? And how did you coordinate in the midst of also doing your classes for school? Yeah, um, so it, it, it's definitely we had to prioritize certain things um, at this point in my you know academic career. Um, I was still in computer engineering. Um, I just started a co-op at Lockheed Martin and was starting Uparel. Um, so it was definitely a lot uh, on my plate at once and I had to make some difficult decisions to prioritize some things over others. Um, but the partnership was really natural. Um, he took over a lot of the um, aesthetics and, and marketing kind of things. Um, I'm terrible at making things look good, um, but I like to think I'm, I'm uh, pretty decent at the whole operation side of things. Um, so we really just, you know, got together a bunch of contacts, uh, whether it was reaching out on Instagram or getting their phone number and giving them a call, reaching out to different fraternities and sororities and saying, hey, we know you guys get your apparel um, from XYZ company. We'd love to give you a cheaper price. And here's how our experience can be a little bit better. So it's a super scrappy um, back and forth, you know, just trying to get grow the business. And we were able to do that for a couple of years. And um, it was, it was growing, uh, you know, slowly, but surely. Um, but that's, that's kind of our, our strategy there. So you, you, you know, so you, so you, you touched on it lightly, but I'll dive into maybe just a bit deeper because you talk about, you know, the balance and, you know, it sounds like you had a lot going on with internships and schools and running a business. So how did you make that, you know, when, cause you only have so many hours in the day, you only have so much ability to get anything done when push came to shove did, you know, the, the, the startup take precedent and school take precedent and internship take precedent, or how did you decide where was, where was the, the biggest bang that you wanted to, or if you had to do something, how to get things done? 
Yeah, so the way that hierarchy uh, kind of laid out was Uparel took highest um, because I think we really started to see the vision of where it could go just using, just looking at the apparel side. The internship was second and then school definitely took a back seat. Um, at this point, I switched majors from engineering over to business, not because I didn't, dis not because I disliked engineering, um, but because for me, I saw that an engineering degree definitely required a lot more time than I was willing to give it. Mm. Um, so I, I made that switch um, and still try to do some, you know, engineering um, projects on the side to keep, you know, at least kind of up to date. Um, mm. But UPRO definitely took the uh, took the priority there. And, and unfortunately, with school, and I knew this was definitely a uh, a risk that I was I was willing to take. Um, with school, the GPA, you know, absolutely tanked. Um, and I, so I was at Lockheed Martin and that co-op, uh, has a minimum GPA. I mm. fell below that GPA and after about two years there had to leave that, uh, co-op, which was definitely a, 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 you know, uh, down, you know, couple of weeks. Um, but I, I really tried to make that a motivating factor. Um, mm. I'm super petty with that kind of stuff. I actually, I framed that, uh, <laughs> that letter that they gave me um and i keep it there and and really for me i, I think that's where it really grew almost a disdainment for the my at least my um academic experience i felt i was mm -hmm. learning so much more going through um whether it was traveling to mexico with Uparel and finding other manufacturers or at lockheed martin and, and really getting some hands-on experience um mm -hmm. i really fell in love with that practical experience and and for better or for worse, grew a, a bit of a separation or disdainment for academics. Yeah, and I, and I think that there there's that balance on both sides. I mean, I've on the one hand, I've got four degrees, which my wife always says is three degrees too many. So I've certainly gone through the <laughs> academic, and yet I've also gone through the startup and building a business. And you know, there's definitely definitely you know a bit of a disconnect, I think, in between the you know the academic versus the real world of business. And I think you can garner knowledge and information from both. But Absolutely. certainly, you know, just, you know, I did an MBA, which is, you know, master's of business and administration. Certainly, first of all, I would agree that that's between in my engineering degree and the MBA, the MBA was certainly easier. I always or joke with my wife, but I only felt like engineering, every class was hard. And every class you had to put in a lot of effort. When I went to MBA school, I'm like, oh, there's about 50% that I actually learned <laughs> stuff and 50% that you can just kind of make up fluffy stuff and everybody feels good and you move on. But no, so, and so I think that, you know, I, if, if it, my personal opinion is I think you encourage people if to the degree you can to balance both, right? In the sense that, you know, degree, even if, you know, some people say it's the, the paper, you know, but it is a bit of a fallback that if a startup ever doesn't work out, do you, uh, do you have some recourse? And yet on the other hand, if all you do is rely on, you always stay in the educational world, you'll never get that real world or practical experience. So I think there's certainly that balance of both. So now as you, you know, you, you start to put the time tension of focus on the, you know, the technology, the business, the, you know, up apparel and, uh, and do all of that. And as you're building it, you know, did you, so I assume that you, even with the lower GPA, you did finish the degree or did you end up dropping out like some of the other greats? Actually still looking to, to finish the next spring. So I'm, I'm on the edge of, of finishing things up. 
All right, so you're finishing things up. With, with whatever the GPA, and we'll not, we're not, we won't ask you what the GPA is, but for whatever the GPA is, you got the that you're going to finish that up in the spring. Now, as you're looking to graduate, and you know the business is on the uptick, it's doing well. You're getting that kind of real world education and all of that as you go along with it. You know, kind of how do you how you know how has the growth been as you've put that more of that time tension to focus on it? Is it been you know upward growth has it been bumpy is it been a downward with COVID or how have you guys kind of adjusted as you guys have or kind of put that put that as a primary focus of everything I would say bump uh you know just um you know when we were selling apparel we were definitely on a steady of um just slowly growing the business um but we actually just before COVID I would say about Q3 Q4 of 2019 um we made the decision um of okay uh we can continue to grow a small business and and have a small business for however many years we want to have it or we can make that big you know leap of faith and really focus on building out this tech for other manufacturers in the space um and so we kind of took three steps back so that we could eventually take a bunch of steps forward um so that that was definitely a um hectic chaotic time um but now that we've built out a product beta um we've recently built a a partnership with a um firm the dorm room we have a lot of mentors that have uh, really helped us um get to where we are now and and we we see the next couple of months even being being super um eventful in a in a really good way no, no, I think that makes perfect sense. And, you know, as you're doing that, you know, and you, you touched on just a little bit of kind of now pivoting from what would be the apparel side, not that you're not still doing apparel, but to more focus on the technology and the licensing and doing it for other apparel providers and all of that, you know, was that, how did you go through and make that decision or come to that realization that, Hey, you know, you know, kind of to your point, Hey, we can st- stay a small player. We can still do the apparel and we can maybe have a decent business or we can kind of roll of the dice a little bit, see if the technology, if we can't build out, really do something different, get licensing going and really make a, a bit much bigger play for that. How did you weigh those options or how did you, I guess, first come to that realization that you could have those two different paths and then how did you weigh those options? Yeah, so I, I think a lot of it, again, is a very natural progression. Um, I think we saw the success in the apparel side of the business because of the technology that we're um, implementing and you know helping the customers experience, streamlining our internal operations, that sort of thing. Um, and then we would we constantly every order we'd work with another um, manufacturer as well. And we saw that some of these manufacturers were doing a hell of a lot more um, sales than we were, but their technology was pre 1990s uh, they were they were using you know a whiteboard to manage eight million dollars worth of orders um, or they were using an old restaurant industry pre-covid it was hey we don't sell online it's not part of our business model we're not on the we don't deliver um, covid hit and absolutely everyone's on uber eats doordash that sort of thing um, the same thing with where it was, hey, come on into the store, we'll show you different fabrics and we'll figure out something that we can customize for you. And now that that's not as accessible, it's everyone's scrambling to find a way to you know, modernize and, and bring their business online. And that's what really what we're trying to uh, help those um, manufacturers and distributors sizes accomplish. 
No, and I think that makes complete sense. You know, I think that, you know, and I always, you know, as I've been both doing this podcast and talking to lots of different startups, as well as uh, been a guest on a few others, is, you know, when you have, whenever you have a change in the marketplace, I think it presents opportunity. And not saying that, hey, you'd wish COVID on anybody or, you know, the, the difference in that, but you're saying, hey, it, it, I think it presents chinks in the armor or things that people could, could have been doing better that they haven't because the way they've been doing it has worked for a long enough period of time and it kind of works well enough and it gets the job done. And so you never really look for how can we make this better? How can we improve? And yet then when you have a, a change or something that forces a change in the marketplace in this space, COVID, where you can't have people come in as much, you don't sit down and one-on-one design it with them and sketch it out and have those face-to-face meetings and you're relying more on, okay, now how can we do this remotely? How can we do this differently? How can we adjust what we're doing? It presents the opportunities for those that are looking to say okay there's been a change it's been that adjustment there you know we have to do things differently what can we do and i think the ones that prepare better either prepare and anticipate that before that you know before the event happens or as it, as things roll out make that those quick and uh, those uh, adjustments are the ones that are able to thrive and survive so certainly see the wisdom in that so now you know we've cut, touched on it a bit back and forth but you know if you were to now take um where you guys are at today, you know, kind of pivoting over to that technology company, putting a license or putting a focus on licensing and bringing the tools to other people. Where do you see the next six to 12 months going for you? Um, I think it's just a matter of continue to bring on these early adopt early adopters um, and listen to the customer. That's one thing that we've, you know, kind of had at the forefront of everything that we do is yes, we have a unique insight because we used to be, our current customer still super have conversations uh, with adopters and say, okay, what are you liking? What are you not liking? And how can we improve on it? Um, and, and continue to improve that product beta. And we've also recently brought on some technical talent uh, that's helping us build out a, uh, the first, you know, real version one of the platform. Um, and we're hoping to have that Q1 of next year. Uh, so that's, that's another, you know, component that's super exciting and, and just making sure that we're continuing to build the product, bring on these early adopters um, and, and listen to the customers along the way. No, no, I think that makes perfect sense. I mean, I would always say, you know, one thing I've learned, you know, hard, I don't know the hard lessons you learn in business, but certainly lessons you learn is, you know, it's never too early to get that customer feedback or that input in the sense that you don't want to get so far along the path and, you know, never have talked with customers, never actually shown in the features and, you know, just rely on your own input. It certainly is helpful, you know, to have, you know, have experience in the industry and it gives you a leg up and where to start, but then to go out and start to engage with them and actually talk with them, I think gives you a much better leg up as to make the products that they'll actually use. Because the other thing I always think, and now I'm ranting just a bit, is, you know, as you go along in that too often you get enamored with all the cool features you could, all the cool technology you could do. And, oh, we could do these 20 things and it'll be awesome. And then you build them out and only five of them are useful or three of them are useful. <laughs> and you spend all this time, money and effort developing things, money of which nobody is actually going to pay for you or, or pay you to use or even want. And so it's always easier to go out, get that, you know, as you're rolling out technology, get that feedback earlier on and often in order to build that out. So now as, as we shift toward or shift towards the end of the podcast, or we're starting to reach towards the end of that, I always ask two questions. And so we'll jump to those, uh, jump to those now. So the first question I'll ask is, you know, so within your journey, what's the worst business decision you've ever made and what did you learn from it? So 
Um, like I was saying in the beginning, I think the the worst business decision that I made is actually something, a decision that I didn't make. Uh, and that decision was to bring on internal technical talent sooner rather than later. Um, we, we outsourced everything from the beginning. Um, and I think from a, you know, hindsight's 2020, um, I think if we would have been able to bring on that internal talent from a scalability perspective, we'd be much further ahead than we are now. Um, not to mention the, um, you know, operational inefficiencies that staying up till midnight to, uh, to have a, a technical meeting, um, you know, kind of come with. Uh, but that that definitely is is something that I regret is not bringing on technical talent from the from the get go. No, and and I think that you know that's there's always two things that are always hard, and I think that it's a good lesson to learn. And you know, I like the idea of hey, you know, some of the worst decisions or the indecisions or the decisions you didn't make, in the sense that those ones are oftentimes you know you hold off on a decision or you don't make it or you know you push it out, and sometimes that can honestly make it worse in the sense that you could have had you made that decision earlier had you made it more quickly you could have actually had you know a much better outcome and I, you know kind of like you said you know but if i were to justify now your position it is hard in the sense that you're always trying to you know bootstrap it you're trying to figure out hey we got more money more things to spend money on than money to spend how do we stretch a dollar and yet by that same definition sometimes you know you're penny wise or penny wise and pound foolish is the old saying you know you you look at the pennies and you make you're saving a few cents here or there and yet it's handicapping the business is holding it back or it's not allowing it to grow as quickly or as well as it could because you're worried too much about the dollar or you know the pennies instead of the dollar so to speak so i think that's a, a great you know great something to learn from so now as we jump to the second question which is you know now if you were to take you know take your if you're talking to someone that's just getting into a startup just getting into a small business what would be the one piece of advice you'd give them um but my my big thing in terms of advice is to just have people like just um stop preparing um start the business it's not going to turn out the way that you want it to almost certainly um whether that means you need to make a small pivot or the business wasn't meant to be there's something that's not going to work out the way that you're expecting it to so i think the important part is to just start and you'll learn as you go and adapt as you go and pivot as you go um and and i think that's really the most effective way to to learn Hey, and the internet gods, they were much happier with their second question. So maybe they're saying, <laughs> when you say it again a second time, will be even better. So that was great. No, and I, and I think that there's a lot of truth to that. And, you know, it's interesting because, you know, we're now up over 100 episodes on the podcast. We've done quite a few. And almost indefinitely, I think that, the you know, there's a lot of different answers we've got over the episodes. But I think probably the number one that, you know, advice and or biggest or worst decision is just, you know, kind of sometimes those go hand in hand, but people are saying, I wish I'd got started earlier. I wish I jumped in quicker. I wish I'd stopped making excuses or I hadn't, you know, tried to think of all the eventualities and what could go wrong and that and just get started because, you know, always a couple things. One is you'll learn, you know, some people quickly learn that they're not the entrepreneur they thought they were, or they don't like entrepreneurism. And sometimes they'll say, okay, I did that. I, I dived into it and I hated it. And now I'm, now I at least got it out of my system. And I know that that's not for me, or you'll dive in and you'll say, okay, this is a bad idea, but now we'll move on to the next idea. 
or you'll jump in and hey it's a great idea and it was really worthwhile and we you know definitely wanted to definitely glad that we jumped into it and we you know and, and to get those all of the above i think you're all motivating reasons to jump in earlier at least test it out try it out see how it goes for you and you'll always i think that more people will always regret they didn't get going earlier than people are gonna say oh i'm glad i waited for you know an extra two or three years or i'm glad i held off i don't know i've ever heard anybody that said it was a great idea that i didn't get going earlier so i think that that's a good takeaway that a lot of people have well, as now is uh, people are wanting to connect up with you. They're wanting to learn more. They're wanting to be an investor. They're wanting to license your technology. They want to be a customer. They want to be a client. They want to be your next best friend. Any or all of the above, what's the best way to connect up with you? Um, I think either LinkedIn or email. Um, so just search me up Carson Hunt on LinkedIn um, or send me an email, Carson at uperil.co. Awesome. Well, I definitely encourage people to reach out to you, find out more about the technology you guys are creating, use it, how they can apply it if they're in the apparel industry, and also just uh, find out more about your story of how you got, you know, the business going while you're in school and how you wrapping up with school and able to keep that launching and going and what that experience was. So, well, thank you for coming on the po podcast, Carson. It's been a pleasure. Now, for all of you that are listeners, if you have your own journey to tell and you'd like to come on and uh, be or share your journey, we'd love to have you. So just go to inventivejourneyguest.com, apply to be on the podcast, and we always love to share your story. If you're a listener, um, go and make sure to click subscribe on whichever platform you listen to the podcast on so that you can get notifications as all the awesome episodes come out. And last but not least, if you ever need help with patents or trademarks, feel free to reach out to us at Miller IP Law, and we're always here to help. Thank you again, Carson, and uh, wish the next leg of your journey even better than the last. Thank you so much. This was awesome. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode of The Inventive Journey, make sure to go and check out Startups Magazine. They're an awesome uh, magazine and podcast centered over in the UK. And if the magazine is a digital and print magazine where they focus on um, tech startups and entrepreneurs, and they also have a focus on uh, female founders and women in tech. So if you want to check out their magazine, neither digital or print, it's uh, Startups Magazine, Startups with an S, magazine.co.uk. And you can also look up their podcast, which is called The Serial entrepreneurs so go check them out they're awesome and definitely if you like this episode you'll like them